Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the anime and manga industries. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. Welcome back, Rock. It's been a little bit. I know. It's great to be back. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I've been doing a couple of solo podcasts recently um, without you, so today we're at, I'm actually going to give you the floor oh, no. to ta- talk about Kaiju number eight, because I've been talking about Naruto the last couple of episodes by myself. Yes. So I figure, you know what? We are equal partners in this, and so I there need you to g- give you an opportunity to nerd out on a series you love. And <laughs> I haven't caught up. I have, I've actually really fallen behind on Kaiju number eight, but I know you've been following it um, weekly. So I'm going to give the floor to Rock today uh, to talk all about and nerd out about Kaiju number eight. Yay! <laughs> uh, but before we get into uh, Rock's Kaiju number eight nerd fest here today, uh, we're uh, as always you could listen and download the manga revolution podcast on any podcast service including spotify google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. you go to follow the work rock and i do on the manga and comic book industries at uh, the conquerrevolution.com where i've posted a couple features recently on like ant-man and i we were posting more manga reviews as well i know rock just posted a review for the most recent chainsaw man chapter so you guys could check that out on the website and you could also follow the Concrete Revolution on on Twitter at CB Revolution, and you could also follow the Manga Revolution podcast on Twitter at the Manga Podcast, and then you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at the Kevin Lainus. Uh, Rock, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Rock with two Ks Revolution. So, like I said before, today, Rock, it's going to be your show of what's going on with Kaiju Number Eight because I want. I'm not someone that really cares about spoilers of like people telling me spoilers so um that's kind of why i wanted to see you sell me on why i should read kind right. of start catching up on kaiju number eight if the most recent events because i know i think the most recent story arc is the compatibility arc yep. um, that just concluded and then they're uh just start they just started a new story arc um in the recent chapters mm-hmm. um so i kind of wanted you to convince me mm-hmm. why maybe kaiju number eight as a series i shouldn't be behind on and start actually reading so that's kind of what we're going to do today um, so, Rock, can you kind of catch me up on the recent events of Kaiju Number Eight? Since because I think we did a podcast on the Kaiju Weapon Arc was where we last talked about this series. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, can you kind of catch me up of what's been going on in the series since then? Yeah, sure. I, I'm going to start basically, Kevin. As we talked before the podcast, I'm going to start with Chapter 57 mm-hmm. and cover from Chapter 57 on through the current chapter, which is Chapter 73. Okay. 73 kind of kicks off, I guess, the new story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and so starting with chapter 57, what's great about this, Kevin, is we're finally getting more backstory on the world. And I know you and I have talked about that in our prior podcast when we've talked about Kaiju number eight. And we've kind of discussed how we we want to learn a little bit more about the defense force how it's constructed, the various divisions, how it operates in the country, how all the various officers operate, the weapons, the kaiju, how they operate, learn a little bit more about the kaiju, their hierarchy, their mission, all these things we've been talking about. We want to learn more about because we really haven't gotten a lot of it. Well, guess what? We're in luck, Kevin, because this is what you get now from Chapter 57 on. You get a lot more fleshing out of the kaiju and the defense force, which really helps to get me more into this universe, really pulls me uh, in deeper into the story. I kind of feel like maybe this was done a tad bit, just a tad bit too late. I would like to have seen 
uh, us get a little bit more of this earlier in the uh, series. I feel like we had to wait a little bit too long, but Matsumoto is finally getting here. And what's great is we've, we, we learn Kevin that we get to meet a lot more characters from the various divisions and we kind of understand how they work together. And this really helps us because we, we focus in the beginning of these two story arcs, we focus with the first, second, third, and fourth all coming together. And we get to meet the captains for each division and we get to meet their vice captains. So we get a better sense of the various characters. And Kevin, it also fleshes out our supporting cast, which I think is you and I are a big fan of with this title. We're a big fan of that with any title, really good supporting cast. And we get to meet, you know, the first division captain. Of course, we already know him is Narumi. The second division captain is Igarashi. He's like a big muscle head. We get third division captain, who we already knew, who's a Shiro. But we get to meet the fourth division captain, who is Ogata, and he's kind of like an older drunk. hes They're all great characters. They all have their own personalities, their own distinct styles. Something to bring to the table that differentiates them from each other. So I really enjoyed learning more about these various, uh, the, the f- first through fourth divisions. And... Like Kevin, like the U.S. military, how maybe they all they all fight together against a common enemy. But the Marines, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, they kind of have a rivalry between each other and maybe don't play nicely sometimes because each one thinks a little bit better than the other. Well, it's the same way with the divisions. And so I like that you kind of bring that real world military vibe of, yeah, they're all on the same side, but each division thinks they're better than the other one and they don't like the other one coming on, on their turf. They don't necessarily play well with others. And the whole deal is Hoshina has to tell the first, second, third, and fourth division that, hey, Kaiju uh, number nine has got a plan that is going to require all of us to come together and work together. And this is huge. And this really sets the direction for uh, from chapter 57 onward, Kevin, is that now we've learned from or Hoshina has learned because he's been working with Kaiju number 10 right they've been talking a lot because they have kaiju number 10's you know spine and head in like that chamber keeping him alive sort of and he's learning a lot about chapter uh, about kaiju number nine and his plans got to keep in mind that kaiju number nine also has the old director of the defense force right and because he kind of absorbed him well, he, he now that means Kaiju number nine has all the knowledge of the defense force. He knows their strengths, their weaknesses. He knows all the players involved. So Hoshina's plan is, you know what we got to do? We got to change things up. The only way to beat Kaiju number nine or to try to stay ahead of him is to elevate a lot of our younger characters on the defense force. You know, guys like Reno uh, that, that came in with Kafka, right? Um, or... Iharu, that, that that crop of characters have to be elevated and we got to become a little bit more unpredictable. We have to work together like never before. So they really have to pretty much revamp. Kevin, they're really basically revamping how the defense force works entirely in order to be prepared for this massive threat from the Kaiju. We do learn, Kevin, that Kaiju number nine. Oh, I was going to say, is this uh I think for the current heads, because where we left uh, left off is Kikuru's dad was the one that yep. 
became the next next cut at the big 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 bad or whatever. Um, so is this uh directed from the old older generation, like basically what Kudo's dad or left left behind? Is it or is it something that the young generation is pushing? It's it's the no the older the older captains are pushing for this new direction for the younger ones to come up. Okay, but they're they're still the ones in charge. There's like no one from like Gen or somebody that's part of their group right now, or is it? So it's still just the old heads that are. No, Narumi is. Gen is part of the group. Okay, he's part of the group now. Okay, so they do have somebody yep. young in the yep. terms of the younger squad. Yep. They they Absolutely. have somebody there now instead of it's not just the old old heads. Doing That's right. This. Yeah, they've kind of elevated like Ashiro and Gen. They've kind of elevated them up into the, higher into the decision making process. Okay, so they and they're not. Just, it's not just like a figurehead thing of like, oh, we need to do this yep. as just a sign, but they're actually doing it for, um, because they actually have to do it. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. It's it's really interesting. And also, Kevin, what we learn, this is big because I know you and I talked about this before. We learn a little bit more about the Kaiju and how Kaiju number nine is operating and how they how they work. We learn, Kevin, Kaiju are created. Essentially, their theory is that the immense energy and strain that occur uh, by the faults in the earth, right? They act upon underground substances and nearby plants and animals to produce the Kaiju. Oh, so is it? So it is very much like Godzilla stuff. Yes. Like it's na- na- nature is creating these kind of defense mechanisms for us. It's kind of that that concept of with Godzilla, right? Very similar. Very similar. And that essentially they believe that Kaiju Number Nine is hidden down inside the the uh, the fissure, the border between the uh, Philippine Sea Plate and the uh, Eurasian Sea Plate. And within there, you know, you can't humans can't obviously cannot access down that deep. So he's he's completely protected from humans. And from there, he operates in using this energy that's created between the uh, the shifts of the plates to create more Kaiju. So it's interesting. Have they um, have they in terms of this just because it is called the compatibility arc now, just um, Mm -hmm. have they talked about how why humans like. Kafka are able to transform into kaiju or are able to be uh, or anything like that yet or we get nothing more about how Kafka is able to transform into a kaiju nothing at all because basically the compatibility art Kevin really focuses in solely on Reno Ichikawa okay and he's got to they need to um so they have the power suits right yeah. so they have suits that are the numbered they call them uh number weapons and these are based on the daikaiju that they've killed mm-hmm. in the past right there's there's a total of 10 and so the numbers weapons right now we have narumi handles numbers weapon number one we know that uh we knew that isao shinomiya who who got killed by kaiju number nine absorbed by kaiju number nine he he wielded numbers weapon two mm-hmm. right um we don't know when uh, numbers weapon three has no one wielding it currently. We have uh, numbers weapon four. That's the weapon that uh, Kikuru Shinomiya's mom wielded. Mm-hmm. So they got to find someone to wield that suit. So they got to find someone compatible to that one. And then number five doesn't have anybody. Number six, they decide to give to Ichikawa. Oh, really? Number seven, they don't have anyone for 
and then you've got number 10, right? Well, the whole thing is Hoshina's like, we found some people who are compatible with these suits. We now need to figure out, will these people, we need to train and see if these people can work with these suits. And if we can get all these suits paired up to a compatible person, then we can fight Kaiju number nine. Have they dove into more of that, of like why certain people are compatible with, with the Kaiju weapons or anything like that? Is that part of their DNA? Is there something that got manipulated like because usually what these type of things right. oh these kids they were manipulated as kids or scientifically mm-hmm. modified or something like that have they dove into why there's people like lino or again that are compatible with these or is that something that they're still not like uh, they're yeah. still not really getting big into that from what i'm from what it seems to be for me kevin from how i'm reading it so far it's it seems to be more along whoever are Whoever have a naturally high uh, fighting level, you know how everybody has the, the, their released force rate, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. percentage, right? Whoever has a high released force percentage appears to be more likely to be compatible with uh, a, a, a one of these numbers weapons. That's what it seems. They've not talked about the bi- a biology yeah. place. Well, yeah, because that was one thing that I know got to me. I was like almost in all these mangas like that is one thing that we always get explained at least a little bit of like oh why these characters are special or at least teasing us that these characters are special for x reason or whatever is it does it feel still random of like oh yeah lino because he's one of the main characters from the beginning obviously he's going to get a weapon does it feel like that or does it feel like oh no there's going to be more to the story or or how how do you feel when it comes to these type of things i think it's going to be predictable based on who's popular and who's been around as a main character. I only say that because what we do of the number suits that have been given out so far, Kevin, in this compatibility arc, we see, uh, we see that Ishikawa gets number six and that Kikuru gets number four. Mm -hmm. And we know that, um, we know that Hoshino gets number 10. Okay. So it's, it's pretty much all the, all the main characters can yeah, yeah. getting one of the numbers weapons. So so far, like the most newest character that got one uh, that we see have one is is Gen um in the previous arc. That's um, right. And so yeah, so that that was one thing I would kind of wish that they dove into. But I'm glad to hear that uh, Ishikawa is getting um spotlight because that was one thing I think you and both and you and I complained yes. when we were talking about the previous couple arcs once Kafka and Kikuru were moved over to the first division. So yeah. how has Ishikawa's arc been in this in terms of just him being a character is he still kind of like what he was or is he be taking more seriously now that he's becoming a weapons user he's well he's he you're going to take him more seriously he's doing great he gets a lot he's the star of the show Kevin for chapters like 58 59 60 61 he, he he's the star of most of the comp- compatibility arc he's the star he's, okay. the, he's the main character it really focuses in on on Ichikawa and what's cool is the numbers weapon number six that he gets is the most powerful of all 10. Oh, wow. So I didn't, ex- who, who, who would have figured that Ichikawa would get the most powerful one? I didn't see that coming, which is kind of cool though. Right. And, it's it's no yeah, surprise. And, and how, how has this personality kind of, has it changed at all or is it still similar or, or because now like, be, like Kafka and Kikuru are like his, basically his two best friends in the, right. in the group went off to the first division has he changed as a person now that he doesn't have basically his two friends from the beginning of the series around with him and he's off on his own division? 
um, and things like that, or or how how is he is has he changed? He's he's his basic personality is the same. You know, good friend, good guy, but he's allowed to become a uh, without his friends there. He has become more. He's way more alpha than he ever was. Put it okay. that way, because he was always very much like a like the, like the younger sidekick to Kafka, like yeah, timid. He, like he was very timid too. Yeah, he's way more alpha now. He is oh, very okay. confident. And when he's, they have a test where they release a kaiju, and they, and he's in the numbers uh, six weapon outfit, and he has to go take down the kaiju, and he's got a strike force team with him, and it's 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 testing can he operate under combat simulation. Mm-hmm appropriately enough that we can actually unleash him into the you know into a real combat right yeah yeah yeah. and in that simulation you know his body is is breaking down because the suit is so powerful and he's having a hard time controlling it and as he's kind of you know battling it he it that story that that several chapters it really gets over how he is just tenacious he will not give up He's very he's not only physically strong, Kevin, he's mentally strong and he has the heart of a hero and he will not give up. I mean, he'll 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 tear himself apart before he'll give up. So it really gets across his commitment to the team and to the mission and that he's willing to sacrifice himself. It also shows how mentally strong he is like he is mentally tough that he goes through all that. And what's also cool about it is at the same time, he also is uh he's paired up with um oh what's his name Iharu mm-hmm. and who supports him and kind of inspires him to to to, to hit, take it to a next level mm-hmm. you know and uh the two of them really work well together Kevin so you get great character work with with these chapters really good so, on both characters so my question there would be is because one complaint that I had and kind of why I fell off with the series is mm-hmm. because with Kafka's kind of character arc just kind of felt repetitive. We were falling on the same repetitive cycle of like one story, or like the stories are basically, can he become Kaiju number eight, power up and then resets. And that's kind of what Kafka's arc was. So do you think that with Ishikawa's arc right now, character arc right now, has it kind of almost made him feel more like the main character of the series compared to Kafka or how, what, what would you say in terms of, or like, because of the, it sounds like it's more in depth for when it comes to right. his arc. Uh, I would say the, you, you'd spend a lot of time uh, from chapter 57 to about chapter, I want to say mm, 63. Okay, so from 57 to 63, I would say it's it's mostly focusing on Ichikawa and Iharu. I would say it focuses mostly on them from 57 to uh, 63. And then it kind of pivots and begins to bring Kafka back into the mix but it also deals with Kikaru as well. I got to tell you, Kevin, to be honest with you, Kafka from chapters 57 to 73, Kafka kind of takes a backseat to like everyone, takes a backseat to Hoshino, Iharu, Kikaru, Ichikawa. Uh, he really, t- to the point, Kevin, where he doesn't feel like 
he's the main focus of the story. And that's a long stretch mm-hmm. of time to go. And, and but from the sounds of it, you're almost kind of fine. Are you have you been fine with it because the other characters have been so much more interesting? Or ha, does it not feel like his book anymore, where he's the main character of the series? It, does it feel like Ishikawa and maybe even Kikuru are kind of more main characterish than than our, our original lead of the series? I think what we're seeing, I think what we're seeing happen, and and I'll know for sure with the next story arc, no yeah. doubt. Okay, but I think Matsumoto has kind of called a timeout with Kafka. Mm-hmm. And he's, and I think that at this point, Matsumoto is kind of pivoting. He's trying to build out the world mm-hmm. a little more, trying to build out the Kaiju and what they, how they operate, what they're doing, build out the defense force and how they operate, build out the world. What is Japan like? And what is Japan history? Because we get into that, Kevin. We get into the history oh, okay. awesome. of the Kaiju. So I think he kind of pivots and does a lot of world building and then fleshes out more of the supporting cast before he reinserts Kafka back into the story as the main character, which is going to happen. But I think at that point, Kafka is going to be a little bit more interesting because a little bit we get in Kafka, Kevin, you're going to like, as I'll get okay. to it, he, he he's going to be reinserted with a different mindset. Okay, so it's not a thing of like when he gets reinserted into the story, you're not like, dang, I just want more more of Ishikawa or I want more of Kikuru. Right. Like you don't have that. Did you have that feeling no. once Kafka became a focus again, or I started to become started... a little bit of focus? Did like you're like, just because I remember um, yeah. when we were reading it, yep. that was my big complaint is that Kafka's character just felt very boring. One, yes. if he kind of became almost very one note compared to yes. when like the series started, just because we didn't get, we never got away from where the series started with him mm-hmm. we kind of he never evolved from that that person yep. um so are we starting to get that or did you you didn't or did you feel like oh man kafka's here i want to read more of ishikawa i want right. to read more of kikuru i want to read more of yeah. mina i want to read more again everybody else because of all the world building that's been going into the the compatibility arc right uh no that's a good question and no he comes back better and yeah you start to see where his character is going to start to grow as well. And so you're, you're glad to see him coming back and you're excited to see where he goes from here. And I think it makes it even more interesting because we've built up everything around him. Okay. I think now I think we're ready to see Kafka actually take a step forward, like a a real step forward Hmm. versus kind of like the groundhog day character development that we've gotten up until now. I think we're actually seeing him progress forward, which is, which is good, yeah. uh, and and before we move on, on mm-hmm. to like maybe even more more of Kafka, has it been explained? Because one character that you didn't mention that became a weapon weapon user oh. is is Mina. Like, and that was one character that, like, for the minimum stuff that we got with her, she was always very interesting. She was compelling. She she stood out because of how powerful she was already. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why? Has they explained why Mina wasn't given one of the weapons? Um, since she she only has that huge gun that we yes we saw in like that first couple arcs that, but that wasn't a weapon and that wasn't a kaiju weapon. It was just a huge ass gun that because of how powerful she was. Has it been explained why she wasn't chosen as one of the the weapon users? No, it's not. And to be honest, Ash- uh, Mina Ashiro has largely uh, disappeared. From really. The- that's kind uh, of disappointing. From chapter, 57, <laughs> from chapter 57 on to 73, she really doesn't. Um, I mean, she, she's, I mean, you see her, obviously. Yeah. And, and she does get one scene with Kafka that we'll get to. It's near the end mm-hmm. of all this, right? But 
she's largely um she's largely in the background the spotlight really shines more on uh gen and hoshina kikaru and uh ichikawa that's but, that's really where the spotlight is she's not it, given uh, a numbers weapon there's they're not you're not given a reason for it okay. it's just i she like i said she's kind of she's kind of put in the background yeah uh, you just don't see a lot of her yeah, because that, that's one thing that stood out from, uh, like, while you were talking of, like, the one character from the very beginning that mm-hmm. we were told was extremely powerful and was one of the strongest mm-hmm. characters, even, in, like, before we were introduced to all the other ones where she was already positioned as one of the strongest characters in the world, mm-hmm. or at least in the Defense Force, was Mina. And so, like, I was just wondering if, like, we haven't got an next, like, I would think that she would be one of the people that would be chosen as the next generation I know she's a she's a little yeah. bit older because she's around uh, she's Kafka's age. She's so Kafka's she's in her thirties. She's, she's in her like thirties. Yeah, but at the same time, she's still part of younger generation, right? Uh, like in the Defense Force. So like right. that's why I was interested to see if there was either like said or why like why she as one of the, already a powerful character wouldn't get one like kind of like I, Gen uh, like her peer of Gen. Yeah, well, Gen's a lot younger. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling based on what I'm reading, I have a feeling that. They're going to go with all the younger characters who came into the Defense Force with Kafka. Okay. And those are going to be the ones who are going to get the suits. Oh, okay. that, that's just my re- – I could be wrong, Kevin. That She she might get one, but I, I get the feeling based on what we've gotten that they're going to be going with all the young guys who came in with, with, with Kikaru and with Kafka are going to be the ones to get the suits. So have they mentioned if, like, because of the weapons – of their their nature that it has to be somebody that's young like young in that age group of Kikuru and and Ishikawa of like they, it does, or again because they they are it has to be it has to do with age as well and has that been mentioned at all or they've or just, hinted yeah. they've hinted they've hinted that a it does shorten your lifespan okay okay that it causes excessive mental and physical strain mm-hmm. on the human body and mind and so by hinting to these things, that would indicate to me that you might want a, the as young a person as possible because they're going to handle the strain better. And if it shortens your life, you might want to pick some, someone yeah. younger than older, right? Yeah. And then also, is it something to do with like how one thing that was established, with, I remember with Mina's character, is that she was already tapped into her full potential. Um, and that's why she was able to wield that gun. Whereas compared to maybe somebody like Lino and Kikaru, yeah, they haven't. Is that something also uh, ele- element to that? Yeah, they, I think that, again that's also hinted to, or in particular with Ichikawa, the reason why he gets the most powerful of all the suits, mm-hmm. despite him not having the highest released force, yeah. his his uh, growth is outpacing everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Which would okay. indicate he has a higher top end potential once yeah. he once he gets there right so i think that is playing a role as well with who gets the suits as well we also learned kevin that not all these um not all these uh fighters kaiju fighters they're different styles of mm-hmm. fighters right and we've learned that um iharu while he has a lower released force in general, compared to everyone else, his release force will massively spike at certain points of fights. Okay. And get really, really high. Then drop back down, then spike up really high again. And that's actually a particular style 
of fighter because we learned that the captain from the fourth division that would be captain uh my goodness uh ogata mm-hmm. he has the same fighting style so we've learned we've learned hey there are different ways people different styles of how people harness this this released energy i got you yeah so there's so we're getting hints about why people are picked for the outfits and and um so nothing specific but we, we you get enough hints that you kind of starting to piece it together Gotcha. Okay. And then you've been kind of teasing this a little bit, but now that Kafka's kind of been reinserted into the story, can you kind of go into more details on that? Like with, with Kafka now mm-hmm. kind of being reintroduced as like who this entire series is named after. Yep. What do you think of like him now being reinserted into everything and what, what's been going on with him and the rest of the story? So he comes back into play, Kevin. We finally weave him back in in chapter 65. So that's that's quite some time now from 57 to 65. You don't really get much of him. They weave him back in in chapter 65 and they do it mainly with him. He does. They, they do the flashback again, uh, you know, him as a kid. And uh, but mainly it's it's got to remember Kafka was taken away from the first division right after they found out he was Kaiju number eight and they kind of put him under house arrest and they and they did the vote whether they should kill him or keep him. And they decided to keep him, but they kept him separated from everybody. So he hasn't seen his all of his teammates that he came into the Defense Force with since they arrested him. It's been about two months. And so you cut to him, you know, uh, questioning himself and questioning whether he has anything to offer besides his kaiju power. Right. And Hoshina uh, meets with him and is like, look. Uh, and, and this is the first time we've seen the two of them together. And Kafka is very apologetic for having lied to him about not telling him he was Kaiju number eight. And Hoshina's like, look, you know, don't worry, you saved my life. And they kind of have a, a, a nice moment, honestly, a good character moment together that you've not seen with these two characters. So they really form a nice relationship. And Hoshina's like, look, you're going to die if you would not die. Uh, the risk is the more Kafka transforms into Kaiju number eight, the more likely he is to be stuck as a Kaiju. And he can't transform back as a human. And so Hushin is like, look, you don't have to transform anymore. I don't want you to become a kaiju permanently. I'm going to train you. And, and Kafka is basically like, you know what? Mm-mm. Um, you know what? That's not going to happen. I'm going to keep transforming because it's what, it's what I've got to do to save Japan. And so Kafka kind of gets that moment where he, he finally breaks past this that weird who am I unconfident stage that he's been stuck in where he's like, no, this is what I got to do. And I'm going to do it. Uh, well, ha- has, has Kaiju number eight. It's the one inside of him. Has that come out at all? Has there been nope. dialogue with that? Cause I know that was one thing leading into this. Yep. We saw Kaiju okay. number eight, uh, the thing that infected him to transform into, to his Kaiju form. Yep. So has that reappeared at all? Or is it just been Not a at all. type thing? It's all Kafka. You don't see him as Kaiju number eight at all. At all. You don't hear about the Kaiju that's inside of him at all. It's literally just Kafka, the human. And that's it. Okay, so they're, have they teased at all? Like they're going to dive into more of that? Or do you, do you think that that's going to be an element? Because like, from what I remember, that Kaiju number eight is still inside of him and it still kind of right. has some control over him. That's so right. They haven't, they haven't dove into that at nope. all? Not at all. This? Nope, okay. not at all. Because the plan is for him not to have to transform into Kaiju number eight. The plan is for him to be just a regular support soldier. You know, the support soldiers that kind of support the higher up 
power guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's going to be like delaying the delaying things for the big bat big ones to get ready for the final attacks and stuff. Correct. Like that, right. He's going to become the best he can to be like one of the support soldiers. And Hoshina is basically like, look, you can't fight. You don't have to fight. So I'm going to train you. There's the there's the special form of fighting that um, Isao knew. Right. Yeah. And, and Hoshina is going to teach Kafka oh, wow. this All special right. form of fighting that Esau knew, and he teaches him, Kevin, this is cool. Now, this is where it really gets is, is cool. This the, is, this the ro- is this the Rocky moment of Kaiju number eight right now that you're yes, going to explain yes. to me? It, it is. It is. So here, this is the cool part. Ready? So he, we learn, Kevin, we learn. So Kafka and Hoshina go to this old temple. It's the Ryuni Shrine, and it's where all uh, Kaiju hunters are buried who are killed in action, right? And here's the kicker. Now we learn the history. They've been enshrining these Kaiju Slayers since the Edo period. So it's been going on for a long time. We learned that they've been fighting um, Dai Kaiju since the uh, Mireki era. We we get a flashback scene to where they uh, battled a, a big one in like the 1600s. It was like 1657 um, where they battled a, a, a massive Dai Kaiju and there's a particular fighting style that that Hoshina is going to teach him that Isao was perfected. And it's really hard fighting style. And the theory is if Kafka himself can become a really good fighter, then he won't have to stay when he turns into Kaiju number eight. He won't have to stay in the Kaiju number eight form for very long because he's a much better fighter. Because right now when he turns into Kaiju number eight, he's just relying just on the just on the power level. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's just more like a wild animal, like correct. attacking room, correct? Compared right. to like instead of having an actual f- techniques, fighting style, yes. and all that stuff. Right. So this way, if he's properly trained and is an awesome fighter as himself, when he turns into Kaiju number eight, he can end the fight way, way faster. And the less time he's Kaiju number eight, the the less risk he is of getting stuck as a Kaiju. So that's the whole theory. Okay. And also the better support guy he's going to be because nobody assumes he's ever going to get good enough to become you know wearing a number suit right and so you get a lot of training at the shrine with hoshina and what's really cool is after they finished one of their their first training session kafka is kind of having a moment and he bows to the shrine and it gets really foggy and you see this ancient like samurai with like the mask you know like the demon mask you know you'd see that samurai would wear sometimes with the, with the armor and the long spear and the swords kind of appearing in the mist it's the first time kevin that we get anything supernatural and this figure stares at kafka and then disappears and hoshina's like what are you doing what are you looking at so hoshina doesn't see it so for the first time kevin and what has always been a very sci-fi story we get some not magic, but definitely some mystical oh, super, magic, like su- supernatural, supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, oh, now I don't know if this was a one-off, Kevin, or now that we got this temple and we've seen this figure, if we're gonna maybe get a little bit, a little bit more of the supernatural in it. I don't know, but it was very well, cool moment. Well, do you think it's it has the series in general been tapping more into kind of like what what Godzilla? We know Godzilla. Going into that, he's a force of nature. He's always like seen as a natural disaster type thing. Where, but he is. It's always going back to the nature of resetting, like almost the world resetting itself. And kind of Godzilla, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Does that feel like the direction that they're going with? It's kind of similar to what Godzilla represents, 
are they doing that here of like with the kaiju like with the mysticism stuff uh, right and everything else that the kaiju are more part of nature than even people realize that they are kind of almost a humanity's check because of how far in advance and how much they're using nature or natural resources and all this stuff is that kind of do you feel that that's the direction that they're going with or is it some other type of direction i do think that's the direction they're going in kevin because they because it's been made a point in this in these chapters latest chapters matsumoto's told us that over the years the kaiju attacks they increase in number Mm -hmm. and they increase in intensity and increase in power levels and it keeps increasing the longer time goes that kind of leads to me that the more advanced humans get the more the kaiju attacks ramp up in power and frequency and so i think that's where we're going i love kevin that we got we've now learned some of the history isn't it cool i mean it goes yeah. all the way back to the 1600s like see how the world building really starts to get more and more interesting with these chapters i, mm-hmm. I love that we're getting like ancient history being brought into it it's really cool it's taking it to a whole nother level yeah and that's that's great to hear and i think really where i kind of almost want to end this a little bit is do you think that matsumoto is setting up a big story arc a long-term story arc kind of like what we see with other like my hero and one piece and stuff like that that they have very long extended story arcs do you think that that's what matsumoto is setting up because almost everything in kaiju up to this point has been about 13 to 16 chapters story yes. arcs they're not very long um i think the longest one is 16 chapters um if you correct me yep. if i'm wrong um so do you think that this is all setting the stage for this latest arc or maybe an arc, arc from here will mm-hmm. be very a very long one where it's going to be more like half a year or something like that is that what matsumoto is setting up i think so because with chapter 70 kevin mm-hmm. chapter 70 that's when oh crap because everything from 57 on is them training, 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 yeah. training, right? And getting prepared. Mm-hmm. Well, chapter 70 is when all the attacks happen. And basically, with chapter 70, 71, 72, 73, Kevin, it's like kaiju attacking all of Japan all at the same time. Everywhere. Unprecedented. Yeah. And they're having to unleash literally the entire defense force. They've They even release... Kikaru in the numbers, uh, her mom's weapons number four outfit. Mm-hmm. Even release her in that. I mean, it's 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 so. I with chapter seventy to seventy three, Kevin, it is insane. It's off the charts. The action is bonkers. Okay, you can see where they are now building into a. I think they're building into something that's going to be just huge, yeah. involving everybody i could see this uh this is as big this is as big of a moment as you get and you even see hoshina they also unleash hoshina kevin Mm -hmm. in in chapter 72 in the numbers 10 weapon Mm -hmm. and holy crap kevin we'll talk about that in a second i want to end with i want to end with that yeah that's 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 fine it's huge, Kevin. It's massive. Mm-hmm. And uh also want to tell you what's also great about it because it's now involving the entire country and it's it's all over the place. It's literally just apocalypse. We do get to learn, Kevin, and this is important. We get to learn the defense forces layout in Japan, which is really cool. You get a map. You get a map of the Japanese defense force. So you get a map of Japan and you learn that the there's four divisions, mm-hmm. northern, eastern, 
Western, Southern, and there are 16, uh, 16, you know, divisions, battalions yeah. in each of the four divisions. Okay. And so you get, you get a cool map and it shows you everybody, because guess what? It's fighting involving every single one of these 16 battalions, like you said. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you think now it's set up? Because before this, we were basically just getting a story focused on whatever division Kafka was in. Yes. And that was basically whatever Kafka was in. That was where a conflict was happening. That's right. But now that all the divisions have been kind of established, all four divisions, do you think yes. that now it's set up for many stories within the arc? So that way, like we have it with other other ongoing manga, that's kind of how they do it of like, okay, now we've had all these main characters. Each character is going to have their own story within the story arc. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what now it's Kaiju number eight is really set up for to have like, what, like a six chapters dedicated just to what, what division four is doing division or the, the first division, second division, third division, each yes. one is going to get like, like between four and two, six chapters. So that's going to make up a bigger story arc. I a hundred percent believe that. Well, it's, I hope it, but I'm pretty confident. That's what we're going to get. It's a little confusing, Kevin, because mm-hmm. it's four divisions. The countries break up on four divisions. Yeah. Each of the four divisions has, four divisions in it yeah. so like the first division is in the eastern division it's too much mi- too much use of the word division kevin but putting that aside i think you're gonna see you're gonna see like you do see all the various divisions in action and i think that's what you're gonna see because each division is going to get a numbers weapon suit deployed in their area okay. that that's what i'm i think we're gonna see are you at all concerned with how like this is all going the storytelling when it comes to telling all these stories all these basically four stories um, within mm-hmm. the arc all happening simultaneously are you concerned about pacing or anything like that just because that is one thing that i i've noticed with a, a lot of manga especially when they okay. do split up their main characters into different their own individual stories is events happening simultaneously like and the pacing of that stuff are you at all worried when it comes to that type, um that matsumoto will be able to handle that or or um do you think that he has a good handle because of what he's been doing so far I th- I think he's got a good handle on it so far, and 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 I, and I want to clarify, Kevin, when I say they break out into all the various divisions, you do see the map, but the only divisions that actually are getting any panel time that we actually know anything about, like actually know who the captains are and the and the vice yeah. captain, first division, second division, third division, fourth division, and sixth division. So there's only yeah. five of the sixteen okay. divisions, Kevin, that we actually know anything about. Yeah, it's not like we're hopping between all sixteen divisions. Yeah, okay, it's really just these five mm-hmm. that we're hopping between. Even yeah, though everybody but, in battle, so so there is a there is a there is at least five stories to be told within the story Correct. arc. So that, that's where I'm just saying. Yep. Do you think that he'll be able to manage the simultaneous <sighs> nature of the storyline because all these things are happening at the same time? Like that is always a concern for a, any manga storyline. Is how does the the mangaka handle? telling a simultaneous story because all these characters are split off. No, it it is a concern and it's not going to be easy. I think, I think that Matsumoto is going to be able to pull it off, Kevin, because he's, it's, I think he's going to follow the tried and true template that a lot of manga follow where this big bad fight. And then we hop to the next big bad fight. Then we hop to the next one and they're all taking place simultaneously, but we go to each one. It, you know what I mean? In order, even though they're happening at the same time. Mm. 
kind of approach, I think that's what we're going to see. So you're, think, you don't, you don't, you don't think he's going to, based on what he's done so far, he's not going to be jumping from one battle to the other, just showing like highlights. Oh, like th- this just happened in this chapter. It's a big thing, but let's go check on on uh, Kikuru because this Ishikawa just had a big thing happen. Now let's go check on Kikuru and let's kind of mix and match. I, I think he's gonna stick with each battle, okay, uh, and then switch over. Maybe not to the not to the, not to the completion, but at least like you know, if there's a particular big kaiju they're taking on, he's gonna let that battle go to completion and then go to the next one at the next location. I think. Okay. I think that's what we're going to get. Okay. In terms of just what he's been doing so far up to this. Yeah. It's always like anything leading up to this is usually gives you an indication of how he's the, the, the manga is going to treat the story. Right. So do you think that that's how he's going to treat it? I instead think of so. Like, instead of being all kind of all over the place of like, let's spend three chapters here. Now we spent three or four chapters here. Let's go to the other one, even though we haven't really totally completely finished this battle. Yes. I think that's what he's going to do. And I think that's a better approach and it's less scatterbrained and less confusing for the reader. Okay. Yeah, because I know that that's a lot of manga. That's what they end up doing because yeah. they're like, oh, we've actually gone three to four chapters without seeing our main character. or We've seen right. gone so much time without our main character or like this other character of focus. So yeah. let's go see them. So, and that does happen. Or he goes on for too long with one character that mm-hmm. you forget about everybody else. So like how, how many chapters do you think should be dedicated to each of these battles? Like just so that you don't forget about the other stuff. I wouldn't go more than two. Okay. I wouldn't. I don't think it's necessary to go more than two. You've got two. There's just too many. At this point, Kevin, the roster of the characters, the roster of characters is huge. Mm-hmm. And you've literally just unleashed like thousands of kaiju onto Japan. So you really can't you can't afford to spend more than two chapters on one particular fight. You just can't. There's too okay. there's too much going on, I okay. think. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that, because I think that's the biggest test for a manga is. How do you manage when you have a large cast of characters that are, so many your fans are invested in and and you're invested in developing as well? So I think oh. this is going to be a big test for Matsumoto for, based on everything that you're saying. Yes. Oh, Matsumoto is getting very aggressive, Kevin, with the size of the roster. I mean, as a Legion superhero fan, I applaud aggressiveness in a writer to, uh, tackling so many characters, but uh, it's easier said than done. And sometimes you can bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> it sounds very much like he kind of set up the cast kind of similar to one piece of like he has yeah. one piece mm-hmm. has each character, but each character gets its own story arc within a story or like a, a, a bigger story arc or saga. That's kind of what it feels like, at least from everything you're telling me that that's what he set the series mm-hmm. up to be is kind of more like one piece in terms of character uh, yes. character cast. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then, yeah, you said you wanted to finish off with one, one last thing yeah. uh, uh, before we end this podcast. What was that? Hoshina in chapter 73, which is the latest chapter, Kevin, puts on numbers weapon 10. And what's so cool about this, Kevin? Now you remember that's the that's the kaiju. Kaiju number 10 was the one with the big eye, mm-hmm. right? Giant eye in, in, in its forehead. Dude, so cool about this, Kevin. All the other numbers, weapons, outfits, like when you first put them on, the human sees the the die kaiju that it that it was, right? Kind of like, you know. Yeah. A female image, you know, yeah, in their yeah. mind, like an asteroid. Yeah, astro image. Yeah, yeah, but 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 it doesn't like you know talk or do anything. It's just there's the image you feeling its power, right? Mm-hmm. Not with uh, number ten, my friend. It talks and it has its own consciousness, oh, and it gosh. fights for control of the suit with Hoshina. So it's kind of like the kaiju, <laughs> like the kaiju number eight that's inside of of Kafka yes. as well. 
oh yeah and there's points where like th- th- where hoshino has to wrest control of the suit from kaiju number 10 oh. and there's also a moment where hoshino just goes fine and let's control the suit and let's kaiju number 10 control it and they talk to each other and oh it's such an unexpected curveball kevin because you you know what the other nine suits do right mm-hmm. so when you get to this you're like oh this is cool i didn't see this coming and it's just like a really neat fun wrinkle mm-hmm. again keeping the reader guessing you know what i mean not being predictable so does that do you think that indicates that hoshina out of all the characters is going to get the biggest character arc in this story so. arc because like kind of kikuru got it in uh the one that with the kaiju weapon she got right. kind of the biggest one Mm-hmm. Lino uh, uh, with Lino Ishikawa, he got it with the, this most recent story. Actually, right. probably got the biggest one, and up before that, it was Kafka. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it this is now setting up for uh, Hoshina to get the biggest, or is it? Do you think it's going to kind of try and share the, share the wealth? I think so. I, I really do think so. I think he's going to get some of the spotlight, and, and it's and it's a great approach to take. I I was super geeking out over it. <laughs> that, no, that's that's great to hear. And uh, again, like, like I said, this is. You actually got me excited. I'm probably going to uh, catch up with it here because it is a series that I wanted to catch up with, but I wasn't too sure. Everything yeah. you're saying does actually get get me into it because that's what all everything that you're saying is what I wanted to hear. That's yeah. going on, so it's great that they're actually addressing all the issues I had going into the kaiju, yeah. like ending the kaiju weapon arc that I had with the series and kind right. of why I fell off. What it was, the world, the the world building, and even the character development just kind of felt like you said Groundhog Day ish. Yep, yep, it really yeah, did. Of course, Kevin, the art is gorgeous. Kevin, this, we need an anime, and it better be <laughs> the best-looking anime of all time. Because with this kind of art, Kevin, this 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 should create the best anime of all time. It should be gorgeous-looking, because the art is just, it's just mind-blowing. There are some moments, Kevin, where you just stop and stare at the art, because it's so amazing. That, that's true. awesome. All right, well, I think that's kind of where we're going to end this episode again. Thank you very much, Rocky. You convinced me to catch up on Kaiju <laughs> number eight. So we're going to we're going to be doing this more often. I think both Rock and I, even though there's a certain one, a certain manga that we both follow yep. um, at the same time, and uh, like My Hero and stuff like that, we both follow it. But then there's a lot of other manga that Rock reads that I don't read or I read that he doesn't read. So we're going to be doing more, much more of this. We're going to be experimenting where we're going to be doing some solo episodes or we're duo episodes where one of us reads a series and the other one doesn't and kind of talks talks about why maybe the um, other should be reading it. So again, we're going to be doing these type of things more often. So just uh, look out for that. We're going to be experimenting, just kind of moving forward along with the bigger stuff of when we do kind of read series together or trying to discover new series together. So, well, again, we're going to be experimenting a lot over the next couple months with with this uh uh the manga revolution podcast so just keep an eye out for that like i said i recently did two uh podcasts without rock of for the nar the two new naruto mangas of one is the sasuke story and another one is the kanoha story um they're about 10 to 15 minutes so you guys could check that out on the podcast feed and like i said we'll be doing much more of that here in the future so just be on the lookout for that um, but otherwise, again, Rock, thank you very much for joining me on this episode, and I hope you have a good rest of your day.